Catch the fire. Fire. Catch the fire. Good afternoon. Welcome to Catch the Fire. I am Lisa Flood along with Susie McKenzie. Susie, it's great to be with you today. I know. Here we are back again. (laughs) We are going to have some fun today. But first, Susie, I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit moved in each of our lives. Did you feel the fire, spread the fire? What happened to you? Well, okay, so you want me to go first? I want you to go first. Okay, this is what is happening with me lately, Lisa, is that um, in case people don't know, I, I tend to be a little excitable. You know, no, yeah, I do. And so I find, though, thank and God's probably like saying, finally, she's getting it. But that there's this more of a knowing in the Holy Spirit that the the catching the fire is not always like a ginormous, like gut punch flame, you know, lightning bolt. Lately, it's been more of a still small voice. And I, I just recently I've had to do a lot of travel recently. And, you know, we used to have to do a lot of travel, as you know, when my husband was traveling with his work years ago, back, you know, when I was a lot younger. And, um, you know, it's a little different. The travel is affecting me a little bit more. But I don't know. There's more of a a calmness and, dare I say, a little more patience. And I do think it's the Holy Spirit. So I really think that catching the fire can sometimes be a change in the way the Holy Spirit communicates to us and the way we receive it hopefully out of spiritual maturity, um, <laughs> um, and not always a big lightning bolt or a big flame, you know? So that's what happened. I recently went on a trip, just got back last week, and it's been more of a, a smooth transition of being able to hear the still small voice. Susie, that still small voice. I, I love what you said. We have to think, is that really him in that little soft, gentle way? And sometimes it is him in that soft, gentle way, right? Oh, well, it is. It seems like more times than not. And I'm able to hopefully recognize it more often. But it's just, I don't know, there's just a calmness of spirit that he conveys that I've just started to notice lately. Like everything isn't a big thunderbolt. It's more of a knowing. I love it. You know? What about you, Lisa? Come on. Now, you have the exact opposite or the same thing? Because this is what happens every week. Um, mine's, right? a li- mine's a little different. It's more of trusting the fire, trusting that God knows what he's doing. Susie, do you remember the song? Have you heard the song? by Garth Brooks um, called Unanswered Prayers. The line is, that I love is one of God's greatest gifts is unanswered prayers. And okay, so I'm going to be real. I don't think there's any such thing as an unanswered prayer, but it might not be answered in the way I think it should. Okay, here we go. Here's where the trust comes in. I had really been praying about something and it was big. And I was wrestling with Jesus and I was telling him and laying it out exactly how I thought everything needed to go because I had a great plan. And lo and behold, that is not the way things turned out. And I literally can remember going into mass, kind of wrestling with him, telling him what I thought needed to happen. By the time I got out of mass, I received information that made it clear his plan was going to be different. Susie, I had to stop and say, okay, thank you, Lord. I trust you, even though this is not what I thought it should be. Didn't take very long before he gave me the gift of letting me see why his plan was way better than mine. And it just stopped me in my tracks. And I realized, 
you know, sometimes things don't make sense and I can't see where it's going. But even in that, I need to stop and say, okay, Lord, you can see things that I can't see and I'm, we're just going to go with it and you're going to give me the grace I need. And so now here I stand today saying, thank you that you didn't listen to me because you knew things I didn't know. Well, and he, he gave you the grace to recognize the why. That's what I'm hearing. That was a huge gift. we don't always have that, do no, we? No, we don't always have that. But... Trust in the fire. That's where I am. Wow. Well, Lisa, we talk about why do we do or what do we believe? Okay. It hit me. Holy water. Holy water. I keep holy water at my house. I'm, I'm big on the idea that when Jesus was baptized, and of course, I prayed the luminous mysteries on the way here. And I'm like, oh, that's why you had me thinking about holy water this morning when I get to the baptism of Jesus, which is the first luminous mystery. It's the idea that Jesus sanctified water as a means to forgiveness, entry into God's family, and um, it's really an initiation sacrament. It's like the door is open, and here it is. Let's walk through it. And I just love the idea. I don't know. Lately, God's been bringing home this idea of the sacraments. Yes, I've always known they're important, but they are our, they're our tools in our toolbox, you know? And baptism is the first one. And so water, it's so essential to human life. Jesus sanctified it. He made it holy by stepping into it. it, It's so profound, Lisa. You know, Susie, everything that we do as Catholics, it means something. And I will never forget when I first came back to the church 10 years ago, this is going to, it might sound silly, but it struck me. I'll never forget being moved when I watched a priest walk into the church and, and dip his hand into the water and bless himself. And I really stopped in my tracks and I thought, okay, I've never seen a priest. I had never seen a priest dip his hand in the holy water and bless himself upon entry to the church. And I thought, okay, that means something. And of course it means something. Stirring up that water. Ba- I mean, we all need to stir up the waters of our baptism, don't we? Well, we do. We need to. And, and it's that it's that revisiting of our baptism. Most of us were imps, infants. <laughs> we yes. weren't aware of what was happening, right? Right. When that indelible mark is placed on our soul and we are stamped with um, whatever you want to call it, the family crest. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, the family crest. Our soul is stamped with the family crest. And yes, it's a signet. It's also a sign of humility because when I came back to the church, it was the simple little thing for me, Lisa, which would mean nothing to anybody else was just seeing people walk to communion in a communion line. That's funny that you say that because that's what it was about the priest that struck me, his humility. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Susie, I keep holy water like throughout my house in a couple of different places. And if I can feel a particular struggle going on and, you know, I'll go to it and I'm okay, Lord, I'll just bless myself. Okay, come on, Jesus, do your thing. And there, I mean, it helps us with venial sins, right? It, it, it removes venial sin. It's a powerful sacramental. It's not a sacrament. Baptism is the sacrament. Holy water is the vehicle, the sacramental, by which we are cleansed. And it is, it is powerful to use it all the time. I often ask Jesus if I can bathe in it. He says no. <laughs> that, you know, this is enough. <laughs> sign of the cross. We're on radio. But um, yeah, but people say, why do you do that? It's superstitious. But it's not superstitious. It's it's everything. It's symbolic. It's representative of what Jesus did. It's It, it gives us a way to follow in his footsteps. It, 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 it cleanses us. There's just so much that makes it not superstition. You know, so much that I have taken for granted as I walk with, you know, preparing teenagers to come into the church. It's pretty incredible when they, they'll ask me basic questions like, okay, 
why are we doing that? And then why are we genuflect? And what does all that mean? And I tell them every time from the second we walk into the church and dip our hand into the holy water, we are worshiping God with our bodies. You know, every part of entering into the mass from the second we come in, put that hand in the water. Right? Well, right, Lisa, you know, and the Lord gave to me this morning to think about that experience when Jesus appeared, when John was baptizing people, and the dove floated out of the sky. And I was trying to imagine people's reaction because here we were moving from this older old covenant to new covenant, set of rules written down, fulfilling all these demands in order to be holy. And then they're witnessing the transitioning of the new covenant of seeing a human being step into the water and receive a natural sign how God the Father uses nature to have a dove float out of the sky and land on his shoulder. And they had the presence of mind to recognize that as he stepped into the water, right? So it just all comes together in my mind as being just that significant transitional vehicle that God has given us. Every part of our faith, beginning with the gift of of the sacrament of baptism means something and makes a difference to us, doesn't it, Susie? Well, it does. It does, Lisa. All right, stick with us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Catch the Fire. This is a Young Catholic Minute. Why should I have Catholic friends? You ever notice that in scary movies, if a character's going to die, he somehow gets split off from the group? I think there's a reason Christ sent his apostles out two by two on their missions. We need Catholic friends to be a constant living reminder that Christ has called us to life, that our joy may be complete. Life and joy, who doesn't want those? The problem is that while non-Catholic friends might want them, they don't understand that Christ is where life and joy come from. So they go looking to the culture and fall for counterfeits that promise life, but give us death. And if that surrounds us, will be alone and confused, even in the midst of friends. So what's a Catholic to do? Go make some good Catholic friends, and together bring Christ to our culture. Everybody's waiting for him. For more, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic. Welcome back to Catch the Fire. I'm Lisa Flood along with Susie McKenzie, and we are joined today in the studio by a wonderful man who is a lay missionary from the Diocese of Pensacola, my dear friend, Kevin McCall. Kevin, welcome to Catch the Fire. Thanks. It's good to be with you. We are going to talk about someone who is so misunderstood, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Kevin, don't you think a lot of people don't really understand as Catholics who he is to us? Big time. I I hear it all the time. You know, I get the idea of God the Father. You know, you can relate to Father, God the Son, you know, Jesus, my brother sort of thing. But who is the Spirit? I've had people ask me that before. And a lot of the times, as we talked about in the earlier segment, you know, it's the idea of like, okay, the bird that came down. But it's like, we know that, you know, this is the one time in Scripture that the Spirit appeared like a dove. But how many other ways did the Spirit manifest throughout Scripture? And I think that, you know, if we want to really know the Holy Spirit, if we look at the examples in the Bible and the way that God moved in so many different ways, it's like that we limit ourselves um, to, to, to just images. And I feel like it's our time to come alive. And who is this person to, to get to know him? And, and there's a lot of fun ways to do that. Okay. So the Holy Spirit is not 
the white fluffy filling between the heart, two hard cookies of the Oreo. <laughs> Susie. Well said. I, I think a little more than that. Father Cooper used that as I an example it. for the kids one day, and he walked in mass with a pile of Oreos. They all wanted to eat them. Um, but I, I, I just say that joke jokingly, but at the same time, you said we have to move beyond images and to maybe um, enter into that holy space inside of our souls and minds and to... Um, move with the Holy Spirit on a moment-by-moment basis. Is that what I'm hearing from you? That's exactly what you're hearing. And I think, you know, it's like we've been given. I like to go and look at what is the job description of Holy Spirit. And if you, like, would read John 14, 15, 16, in those particular chapters, you get a lot of great um, outlines of who is this third person? What is his function? So you hear, like, the comforter the one who reveals things from heaven, the one who reminds you what the Father said, you know, the the power of God. And I love at the beginning of Acts, Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be filled with power and you'll go out and kind of do the things that I did. And basically that word in Greek power is dunamis, which is where we get our modern word dynamite from. So basically when the Holy Spirit comes on you, it's going to be like dynamite. There's going to be like an explosion. And like you explained, you know, it's not always like the big boom explosion, but it's like this power of movement. It's this power to look at what is impossible or what is stopping you and like blow right through it because God is bigger than anything that we could imagine. You know, Kevin, I think um, I'd like to go to how do we begin that relationship with the Holy Spirit? We know we receive the Holy Spirit at baptism, but what does it mean to really enter into that relationship and stir him up? Well, I think Jesus says, ask and you will receive. So I think maybe the first thing is like, um, ask, God, help me know this third person, you know, fill me with your spirit, keep moving in me. You know, Jesus talks about that there you'll have this living water that, that will come up out of you, that this is the spirit. So say, I'm thirsty, Jesus, let this spirit come alive. And I think oftentimes, you know, we understand at confirmation, this is we're sealed in the spirit. So I like to think, you know, we receive the spirit at baptism. And we're sealed in the spirit at confirmation, but then we want to activate the spirit, let the spirit out. So I would say, pray, you know, like pray, like Holy Spirit, move in me, activate, come alive. And and maybe just like begin to to read about the different gifts and charisms and and Lord, show show me how this works. And and anytime you're wanting to grow in relationship, hang out with people that, that already know this person. So, so I've found it's like finding people who really have that intimate, clear connection with the Spirit. When you begin to, to talk to them, hey, you know, tell me about this Holy Spirit that I don't know about. I think it's a great way to, to meet with others, study out in Scripture, and, and pray and, and believe. I mean, at the beginning, okay, Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's roll with it. You know, Lisa, as I hear him speak, I'm thinking, okay, the Holy Spirit's at work now because I'm looking at what we want to talk about, but you're bringing up like a gazillion more questions. (laughs) (laughs) So you wrote, read about the gifts and charisms. But what I was thinking prior to that is the idea that I think may have something to do with people's fear of the Holy Spirit, afraid of what God's going to ask of them. Exhibit A right here, (laughs) holding my hand up. Um, And getting to the point of where you say, well, Let's just face it, I've messed up quite a few times on my own, so I think it's time for me to trust God, like you were saying. Okay, you kind of know better, Holy Spirit, you drive the bus. But (laughs) at the same time, 
Okay, this is like a multi-level question here. How do people go from that hypothetical in their minds to the taking action? Because a lot of times we think it's a passive thing where the Holy Spirit comes on us and we're just like a little marionette. But we're really not. We've got to take um, intentional action sometimes. And you mentioned about saying, come upon me, show me what to do. What are the charisms? What are the, you know, what are the gifts I can use that come from you? Just if you can just like unpack all of that in about two, two minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Holy Spirit help. That's what we're going to say. 911. <laughs> Which is honestly one of the greatest prayers that you can pray. Holy Spirit help, you know. Um, but, but as far as like, let's talk about the fear factor because that's true. And I remember speaking with a priest who was from India who was, you know, doing a class on the Holy Spirit. And he's telling the, the this class about and the Bible, how the Spirit did this and the Spirit did that and blah, blah, blah. And the lady said, we're afraid of that. And he's like, well, why are you afraid of what Jesus told us to do? So I think, first of all, recognizing Jesus said, you will do these things. So it's like, okay, let's get some courage and go for it. Let's go for it. But I think the other thing that a lot of times people are afraid of the Holy Spirit, because let's admit it, we've all seen some interesting things that have been attributed to the Holy Spirit. And so what I would want to say is like that there is authentic Holy Spirit and and the the passive, quiet movements of the Spirit with, again, the dynamic movements. So I would say one of the biggest things of overcoming fear is ask God to experience for yourself Holy Spirit and don't just go off of like what you might judge as cuckoo or crazy, because I just want to admit we've seen it. People been there, done that, but do not be afraid because people have done things poorly. You get to do it well. So so go for that big time good. Um, The other thing about just the Grace uh, of beginning to engage, perhaps in the personal. Is that sort of what you were talking about? How to, to how to, to like actively um, step step into this place? I would say, hey, we are in a blessed time where we have podcast, where we have like beautiful teachers and priests, like you know Father Cantal Mesa. I mean, you've got some solid resources. So I would go into that place of, I remember when I was hungry for, for more of the Holy Spirit and, and I'm aging myself here. I was ordering cassette tapes. Of like every, <laughs> That's okay. I go farther. I'm eight track. <laughs> but you know, every teaching that I could get my hands on books, that sort of thing, just to, to begin to, to read with and, and use the resources available. So, so you can really grow in that like for yourself. You know, Kevin, I think for myself, I'm, I've learned to have an idea of how the Holy Spirit works with me and how He lets me know He wants me to do something. Um, on a personal note, how how did you begin to discern, okay, this, yep, this is the Holy Spirit, this is Him asking me to do this? Wow, okay, that's a great question. And I will say, like, first, like, my hunger to know Holy Spirit more came out of a heart of, of like, reading the Bible and, like, why am I not seeing this happen? You know, I really believe that, you know, the sick were healed, the dead were raised, you know, people were comforted. And it's like, why am I not seeing this? So it led me on a journey. And and, and at that time, there was like praise and worship music was just becoming more available and known. And it was like grabbing my heart because it was suddenly you were singing to Jesus instead of about Jesus. And so it was this thing of beginning to, to have a desire and a love and knowing that there's something more. So so searching that out. And, and through that, I was invited to some different um, 
more like kind of open to Holy Spirit prayer meetings, let's say, mm-hmm. and I had people praying with me and having some pretty goofy experiences. And I'll say, you know, it was like a, a person prayed over me and I found myself in the floor laughing. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what's going on? And just like laughing for probably 30 minutes and, and finally leaving that meeting. And but the whole way driving home, I was praying for people I hadn't thought of in years. It was like, even like in the nurses at the hospital and for their pets. And it was just like, what's going on here? And, and it was just hunger. And so that I met w- with more people and began asking my questions. And, and and it was this like a prayer like I'd never prayed before. It was something different. And, and then I had met a lady who was introducing me to to like what biblical prophecy is and beginning to, to learn that it's like in the essence of prophecy, it's like just hearing, discerning like what the Lord is saying and then beginning to to obey and to share that. So I would say it was a process of really trial and error. Mm-hmm. A lot of times learning to hear God, it's truly that trial and error. So so what I say, if it isn't against the law, isn't against church teaching, and isn't against scripture, why not give it a shot? This little prompting that you're getting. And it's something as simple as like, I just need to stop at Starbucks. And I, and it, I wasn't planning to do that. And it's like, what in the heck? And, and so you like drive in and suddenly here's someone you haven't seen in a long time and they're down and you get to encourage them and pray for them, invite them back to church. Just like those little things that mean so much. So, so it's usually not like this big booming voice. I'd love to say Holy Spirit speaks like, this is God. Hello. But, oh, it's not Charleston. It's not. <laughs> but typically it's just like these little, what I call God thoughts that, that would come in your head that sound like your same voice, but you know, there's a little something different. So let's dialogue with it. Okay. So Kevin, you talked a little bit about this meeting and being prayed on. And so I'm going to transition to the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, let's say this, sometimes the Holy Spirit comes down and puts a cape on you. Sometimes he doesn't. What's your Holy Spirit superpower? Tell us. Holy Spirit superpower. Yeah, what's yours? Um, I'm guessing like prophecy is probably like okay. my primary. Because you know, there's the whole that you go with. I had to make up a song when my kids were little for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I will not sing it. But to this day, <laughs> my children know the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit because of this goofy song we made up. And of course, prophecy is part of it. And so, yeah, I just see them as Holy Spirit superpowers. I really do. I like that yeah, a lot. Because yeah. Jesus said you'd receive power. So here exactly. we go. We're back to that. So dynamis. how do you use this superpower? Tell me. So you use the superpower in the everyday. And I think recognizing Jesus in the providence of your daily life is so important because people hear, oh, you're a missionary. You know, what order are you from? Where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and I am part of a a Trinitarian lay group, but really like our whole charism and understanding is that your mission is the person in front of you. Christ in the providence of your everyday life. So you don't have to travel to Africa and build homes to be a missionary. By baptism, you are prophet, priest, and king, and you are a missionary, and you are to carry Christ to those who are around you. And this is the way you use your superpowers. So yes, I pray over people in prayer meetings, not pray on. I just wanted to correct. I like that. We're not praying on anyone. We're like praying <laughs> with, praying for, praying over people. Um, but, but, but there's a the thing of like, yes, you use it in, in your church setting. But it's also on the street. Like I pray with people in Walmart. You know, I pray with people um, at Starbucks, that sort of thing, you know. And believe it or not, as Catholics, we can pray with people at bars. It's really okay. I know. It's it's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It can be fun. There's something so special. And and, and I've even like experienced that Lisa and I can like tell our, our audience a little bit about you can have 
prayer parties at your home. It's so simple. Just invite people over. It doesn't have to be formal. It's like rolling with the Holy Spirit can be so organic and it's so much more beautiful that way because you just invite people into your home, share some snacks or whatever, set up a, a corner, whatever, and say, hey, anyone who would like personal prayer, come on over. Because Jesus is personal. Yes, he died for the world, but he died for us individually. And he wants to to relate with us individually. And he'll speak to, to you guys in different ways. And he speaks to me different ways to you all out here in radio land. So, so I, I just want to encourage you that Holy Spirit is very personal. So even the way that I hear and use my gift is going to be so different than the way others hear and use their gifts. Kevin, I think it's critical for us all to go back to the point of... Um, the need for our own prayer life. Because if we've got a rich, deep prayer life, that's where we're going to hear and and really pay attention to those promptings of the Holy Spirit, won't we? Prayer is key primary for every step of the relationship with Jesus. And that's where I would say like Holy Spirit, like this third person of the Trinity, it's like he is like one of our best vehicles for relational prayer lively prayer. And even for our beautiful traditional prayers, when you're praying those traditional prayers with a heart from the spirit, there's a new like just level of dimension that even comes to that. But but yes, like Holy Spirit will light your prayer on fire and will also keep you going when you feel dry. Because promise, you know, I'm talking about these wonderful like glory experiences praying with people at Starbucks. Yes. But there's sometimes when I sit down and it's like, okay, I really could just fall asleep now. And it's like, so Holy Spirit, wake me up. And, and so perseverance. So I think that's important in the faith journey with with loving the Spirit is, is consistency. And that's one of the greatest gifts that the Spirit can give you. Kevin McCall, thank you so much for joining us. And um, you've given us some great tools on how to light the fire and keep the fire burning with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lisa. It's been great. And thank you, Susie. <laughs> Well, Lisa, you know, it's just so funny because we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And of course, like I said earlier, like all these other ideas come to mind. It's a a bottomless pit, if you will, of ideas and creativity in ways that the Holy Spirit can move in our lives. You know, I think, you know, hitting on the, the point of our own prayer life needing to be rich and real and then needing our own community. It is critical to have a community mm-hmm. to to walk with us as we're growing in the spirit. It really is. Kevin's right about that. He is totally. And I didn't mean to put the Holy Spirit in the pit, by the way. Let's say <laughs> the heights. We know. The mountain. Limitless heights. <laughs> we knew Sorry, what you meant. Holy Spirit. We know you're not in the pit. Well, well you're with us in the pit when we're He's in the pit. He's with us everywhere. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, Lisa, you know, I just... I love that the possibilities are endless, and yet we can have both that community relationship with the Holy Spirit, because that's what the church is, right? Right. And then we have the individual, the calling to our individuality and to live it out. And Susie, the Holy Spirit is so much fun because he gave me a little spark of an idea that turned out to be an absolute blast. Okay. And it involves travel. So my husband and I went with another couple. Have you heard of the Viking Cooking School and the Alluvian Spa and Hotel in Mississippi? I saw something you posted about that. I want to know. Oh, my goodness. We had a blast. So... um, it's like four hours from New Orleans and you book the cooking class. You can stay at the spa hotel, little boutique. 
hotel right across the street. But we had a class called Vegas Steak Night, and they taught us oh, how to cook man. amazing filet with three different sauces, with amazing sides. We had wine. We had fun. It was awesome. Okay, so he I, gave me a travel idea. I, what I, I about you? I know about this. I got to get it. I got to get it. Please, please, please. Okay. Well, I have been sparked because you know what? I'm in a lot of diverse groups a lot. Like people aren't all like me. And they, um, what's been sparking is... Um, <laughs> You know, we talk about in scripture about Jesus eating with sinners. Well, you know, we always see it from like Jesus's perspective, like we're Jesus and we're being forced in these situations. But sometimes I think people are forced in the situations with me and I might be the sinner. <laughs> I might be the one at dinner that, oh, I might be the one that scripture's talking about that someone else is forced to be with. So I just had a recent uh, business trip and I had to, I had roommates and we stayed at an Airbnb and I had to, um, do a lot of self self awareness training and um and just listen and pray and i think that's where the spark came from is that you know what sometimes i'm the sinner sometimes i'm the one eating with them i don't know but god's present in all of it Yes, he is. It's been so much fun being with you and being with Kevin and all our listeners today. Let's all go out there and catch the fire. Join us next week. Catch the Fire is a production of Catholic Community Radio.